Welcome to Wanda's Picks, a Black Arts and Cultural Program of the African Sisters Media Network. And that was Don't You Remember? And, um, yeah, we have to make sure that we don't forget the many important lessons that um, sort of hold us uh, steady and um, and give us hope in times when you know, the world is not quite what we would like. And, um, yeah, I thought that would be a really good good song to play. And um, I hope everyone is well and safe and, um, you know, doing something positive with this time we have for introspection as some of our, our community, members of our community continue to support the different um, structures that keep our society functioning. And I'm talking about those essential workers, um, as well as parents who are, you know, stepping up, taking care of their children, and uh, and the children themselves who are, you know, presently sort of reeling from, you know, from the, uh, the shooting of um, – the unarmed, you know, African American man, and this is um, this is day nine, and there's some actions that are happening in Oakland. Um, there uh, was a uh, what was it the uh, f the curfew because on Monday, youth who had taken to the street, and a lot of people didn't know about the curfews until that day because they started on Monday. Before eight o'clock, these young people were um, were covered in um, not pepper spray, but um, tear gas, and some children got shot with rubber bullets, and and there were cluster bombs, and then others were arrested. So, so anyway, so today the parents and adults told the children to stay home, and at eight o five, you know, took over downtown Oakland. Um, as a uh, way to um, support the young people who had, um, you know, exercised their uh, civil liberties, you know, for um, for really, you know, important cause, 
you know, black lives do matter and, you know, police use of excessive force uh, went a bit too far. I mean, not that African-Americans haven't been dying in police custody. There are several who are also um, similarly um, accosted. But then for the, the four police officers to not have been charged, all charged, but they are now, um, that was appalling, you know, following on, you know, the uh, the killing of the young person in Georgia. And then other people, you know, women and men have been killed. So, so um, yeah, I just saw this really, really good film, and it opened yesterday, June 3rd, and you can get it on demand. And it's called um, John Lewis, Good Trouble. And um, you might know this other film that we've um, we've interviewed the director, um, Kathleen uh, Dowdy. Uh, she was director of John Lewis Get in the Way. So John Lewis Get in the Way and Good Trouble. Yeah, it's time to, to stir up some good trouble. And so I highly encourage everyone to uh, go online and uh, get the film and watch it. It will it's really inspiring, but just shows how the work the work continues. So I'm trying to figure out what I am going to play. I was thinking about rebroadcasting an interview I had last week with uh Doctor Nunley, Patricia Nunley and Doctor Um uh, uh Goddard about the uh Af- the uh African American psycho um African American AB side, Af- no Association of Black Psychologists. They're African American, but the Association of Black Psychologists are having a uh, webinar this Friday, and uh, I want they talked about it, and I wanted to um, to I was thinking about rebroadcasting that, and so I might do that. But before I do, I want to uh, make an announcement. I am I really wanted to do something. Um, and let me let me give you the name of the director for um this film um good good trouble John Lewis good trouble her name is Don Porter and she actually uh, this award winning documentary filmmaker uh whose work has appeared on national and global platforms including HBO PBS Discovery and Netflix um and she's working on a whole lot right now she's working on a documentary of Vernon Jordan make it plain which is exploring uh, Mr. Jordan's rise from the segregated South to become one of the most influential African-American thought leaders in America. And I didn't even know that she was a, a black woman. It's like, oh, my goodness. And she lives in, um, she lives in San Francisco, and she just uh, she's currently directing and executive producing an Apple TV. I didn't know Apple had TV. But Apple, like Google, they they have their own world, right? Uh, Multi-part documentary series with Oprah Winfrey and Prince Harry that focuses on mental illness and well-being. So that's that's really great because there's so much stigma around uh, mental illness still. And uh, so anyway, um, but with regards to the uh, announcement, I uh, was thinking about um, like tonight, not tonight, but yesterday, at nine o'clock, people were called to go outside and um, and and shine a uh, a flash, well, a flashlight or some kind of light into the sky um, for eight minutes and forty six seconds. I think that was the length of time that um, that uh, 
uh, George Ford that it took that policeman to to kill him, and that's a long time. And so I did that, and then Friday there's something else happening, and maybe I'll find that and let you know on what it is. <laughs> maybe I'll play a song and then look it up and tell you what it is. Um, but what I had planned is I'm here in Oakland, California, and what I thought would be really great since I wanted to have a um, a COVID-19 sort of a responsible uh, for people that are at high high risk, but a way that we could also we could practice social dis practice physical distancing distancing, yet um, uh, support the move for Black Lives and reduction in uh, the police state and the excessive use of violence and and the um, the sanction you know state sanction use of violence you know particularly if we look at what happened in Washington D.C. Um, recently, I think that was on Monday too. So the 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 idea is at 12 noon on on Friday, every first and third Friday, beginning this Friday, which is the fifth of June, and then the uh, the next uh, the third Friday is Juneteenth or June 19th at 12 o'clock, and we meet at Our Lady of Lords. Um, church, which is right there, I think it's on um, Lake Lakeshore, um, and on the on the lake side of it though, and and we will uh, make a caravan, and people can make signs um, that sort of illustrate, you know, what we are protesting, what we are assembling for, and um, I'm gonna look it up for you so I can read it to you a little bit better than I can say it. It's it's a uh, it's called um, Protest in a Pandemic, a COVID-19 Response. And, again, it's um, the first and third Fridays through November 6th. And um, and then um, it's a vehicular hands around Lake Merritt. And Lake Merritt is 3.4 miles, and so we need about uh, 1,247 cars to cover the 17,952 feet which is 3.4 miles. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if we get 500 people out, I'd be, 500 cars, I'd be happy. And then we can work on, you know, sort of building the momentum for the 19th. And so um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have people with vehicles to um, to join my office, San Francisco Bay Area, and Wanda's Picks, and meet at Lake Merritt. Uh, and the address of Our Lady of Lords is 2808 Lakeshore Avenue, and we're going to line up in our cars and we're going to, you know, make a long line. And then we're going to, you know, drive really slowly around the lake. We have our signs out. And so you need to make some signs in advance. And you can be creative. Um, and if you are affected by police violence and you've lost friends and family, you can put their names on your car, on posters. And um, if you look at my Facebook I have um, – I've written this out and it's posted yesterday or the day before yesterday – and if you didn't see it, you can um, send an email to. Actually, you can you can just get you can just send me an email through Blog Talk, through this website, and I'll get it and I can send you uh, links. And so, yeah, um, eight minutes and forty six forty six seconds. Um, and and the the um, uh, you know I already have the charge. Derek uh, Chauvin with first degree murder, arrest and charge the other officers. 
black men can't breathe, another thing you put on the sign, check your racism, check your whiteness, I love being black, blackness is not the problem, organize, 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 black lives matter, say it loud, black lives matter, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, structural racism is real, register to vote and vote, no more police state, this up for black lives, black people count, complete the 2000 census. So those are just some that I was just doing some brainstorming on. And if you have any questions, you could call 510-255-5579, 510-255-5579. And an email, if you don't want to get in touch through Blog Talk, is racewoman at gmail. And again, the phone number, you can text as well, 510-255-5579. And it's a... Um, it's a Google Voice number, so you'll be leaving me a message. Okay, and if if people are doing anything similar, we like to link up to have other other such car caravan uh, around bodies of water. That would be really beautiful, um, you know, symbolically, because uh, water is cleansing. And, and as African people, people of the African diaspora, water plays uh, a really powerful, it's a real powerful image in and how we got here and how we got to many other places in the in outside of our our homeland. So so anyway, that is the thought. <laughs> and um and then like I said there was another another um invitation but I can't find it right now so I have to look for that and get back to you on that. So I am going to um I am going to uh, play one of these interviews. I think I'm going to play the interview with um, uh, Patricia and Dr. Goddard about the um, the event this coming Friday. I think it's going to be really, really powerful. Um, yeah, I think you all are going to really enjoy it. So the conversation um, that the uh, ABCs they've been having um, have been really, really good. Um, and um, you know, talking about black love and um, and what people are doing, you know, sort of cope with this pandemic. And now, on top of that, you know, racism didn't go away just because um, we are sheltering in place. So, um, but it's really good that you know, folks from all around are stepping up and standing in solidarity with you know people of African descent. So that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We're going to come out of this a lot more unified and um, and strong. So I'm going to play this uh, interview, and uh, and then um, I might be back <laughs> for the other information. So here's information about about this uh, event that's coming up on Friday. You don't want to miss. And I hope to see you at the um, the car caravan protest at Lake Merritt um, this Friday, 12 noon, at Our Lady of Lords. Bala su Okay. 
Welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of the African Sisters Media Network. And that was Zion Trinity singing opening prayer to the African deity, Eshu Legba, a deity that lets us know that we always have choices. We are never victims. And we are so excited to have on the air two of our Bay Area resident scholars and activists who are going to give us some more opportunities to be able to um, make good choices. And so I want to introduce um, again to our, our listeners, uh, she's no stranger to our show, um, Dr. Patricia Nunley, who is a teacher educator who entered the field out of love and concern for black people and especially black children. She holds a specialized master's in child development and an EDD. She views herself as a traditional African healer who uses the medicine of education to fight against the disease of ignorance. So again, um, welcome Dr. Nunley to the air. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And we are also really excited to have um, Dr. Lawford L. Goddard t- today to join us as well. He is a sociologist and demographer who received his doctoral degree from Stanford University with a minor in education. Born in Trinidad, Dr. Goddard is an expert on black family dynamics, black culture, youth development programs, substance abuse and HIV AIDS education and prevention. He has over 40 years experience uh, as a trainer, educator in the areas of health education, substance abuse prevention, HIV prevention, mental health service delivery, youth motivation, and self-destructive behavior. He is a, he was a member of the Strategic Planning Workgroup and Data an, an Analyst for the California Reducing Disparity Project, African American Population Report, and a member of the C-A-L-M-H-S-A, Stigma and Discrimination Reduction Program for NAMI, California. What does C-A-L-M-H-S-A, Stigma, what is that that acronym? California Mental Health, um, Mental Health Services Act. Okay. Oh, when was that? This is part of the... um, the millionaire tax, and it it was a study commissioned okay. for NAMI to look at their services and how they were serving um, their population. Okay, yeah, but when was it? When did it happen? When when were you oh, serving that, on that? I was in that um, project in this is what twenty twenty, so I would say mm-hmm. about um, fourteen twenty. 2013 to 2015. Okay, nice, nice. And and you are currently the secretary of the African American Steering Committee for Health and Wellness in Alameda County, uh, where I'm also yes. a member, and we just really, really love your leadership. And you have served on the board of the Association of Black Psychologists um, for the past 10 years, 
as the National Convention Committee Chair, and you uh, are a founder of the Institute for the Advanced Study of Black Family Life and Culture in Oakland, and that's where I met you many years ago. Mm-hmm. And you are a lecturer yeah. emeritus in the Department of Africana Studies at uh, San Francisco State University. And you are a co-author of four books, and you have 24 book chapters and journal articles. Are you working on anything now? Like writing? Yeah, I have two. I have one book that I'm working on and one article. So I'm trying to get, um, I have a June a June 30th deadline for the article. And mm-hmm. I've been working on this book for several years now, but I think it's time for me to finish it and say it's oh. over. Right, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I should finish. Okay. I should finish it by the end of the year. That's my oh, time. Awesome, awesome. Is it is it about your life? No, it's about um, culture, um, cultural um, cultural scripting, and revolutionary thought. Mm-hmm. That's, that sounds really compelling. Right, and so and that's about all I want to say at this point because. There are so many things <laughs> that are going on and so many um, focus that I have for this that I don't want to go further into it because mm-hmm. I've been changing the focus, the title, and the concentration for the past year or so. So mm-hmm. I think now I've come. I think I have a final definite last statement, which might change tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you have to definitely join us again to talk about it once it's on its way to your editor or to the publisher. Um, yeah, and in the meantime, the article that's coming out this coming month, June, where is that going to be published and what's what's that article about? Hello? Yeah, I asked you um, where... Oh. The uh, article is going to be published, and what's it about? Um, hopefully, it will be in the Journal of Black Psychology. There's a special mm-hmm. edition on black suicide. Oh. I am writing something on that. And so the original deadline was June 1st, and I think because of COVID, that it pushed back the submission deadline. But we haven't received formal notification as to when the new deadline will be. But I know that it's not; it, it's no longer June first. So I'm giving myself okay. until June thirtieth to finish it. Okay. Oh, that's that's really important. Um, yeah, yeah. Black people commit suicide, and particularly uh, yes. young people. Oh, wow! Wow, that's going to be really, really useful. Okay. Well, I have to keep my eyes out for that. Um, that journal, definitely. Maybe we can have a, a show looking at the topic because um, I know we've uh, we've had shows looking at the topic of depression in black women. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, there are so many webinars. Oh my goodness. We. Oh goodness gracious. Like, how do we sort through all of this information? And um, and you have one coming up. Um, the Association of Black Psychologists are presenting. So beautiful. I love this t- title. Black by Design 2, a Diasporian Experience, Physically Distanced but Spiritually Connected. And that's next Friday, June 5th, 
from 1 to 3.30 uh, Pacific Time, p.m., and then from 4 to 6.30 Eastern Time. So so tell us about about this um, this webinar that's coming up um, that's organized by uh, you, Dr. Nunley, and the Bay Area ABCI chapter. You're the ABCI chapter, um, <laughs> um, oh, the ABCI chapter, and, and you're also the outreach coordinator, I think. And then uh, the co-hosts um, are you, Dr. Uh, Goddard, and you are the mm. Bay Area ABCI chapter elder. And then um, yes. you're going to also have as a um, co-host Dr. Ife Tayo M. Flannery, who is the Bay Area ABCI chapter vice president. And you have, like, all these people that are going to be presenting from all around the world. It's going to be so exciting. So tell us about this uh, webinar and the topic and the presenters. Dr. Nelly, one more time. This is, as, mm-hmm. oh, as, as noted, um, it, it is um, the second. So mm-hmm. Black by Design, um, I, I, I came up with this concept. And then Baba Goddard, uh, when I say Baba G, I'm referring to, to uh, Dr. Goddard. So I just call him Baba G so everybody's clear about <laughs> who Baba G is. So, uh, and, and so um, we noticed that, uh, I noticed that everyone was doing all these webinars with panels of experts, and I wanted to do something different as opposed to, as you, as, um, as you mentioned earlier, I am an educator. So I am not a clinical psychologist or um, I teach in child development. I teach human development. So I do teach some psychology classes, but just very, the ones that are very minimal, so lower division. And so I wanted, instead of a panel of experts talking about the pandemic and how horrible it is, and yes, indeed, it is horrible, I wanted to do instead a celebration of our blackness and um, how your identity is a protective factor against COVID and against all the other risk factors that continue to exist for us. Um, so I, I said, let's do something different. Let's celebrate the, that. And Baba G came up with Black by Design. And so that's why that was our title, our, it's Black by Design. The first one was with USA black people, and South Africa. And with that one, we focused on faith and family. And so this actually is the second. So if you want to go back and see the first one, um, it is available on the Association of Black Psychologists, the national website. You go under videos, and it's under faith and family. So that was our first one. This is our second one. So that's why it says black by design, too. This time, Baba G said, hey, Patricia, instead of us doing, um, let's do the diaspora. Let's not do the continent, but all the folks in the diaspora that are from the continent. So that's how we came up with this one. And then I thought, hey, so we are physically separated but spiritually connected. So all of these theories are about how there is wellness in knowing who you are, connecting to you, to, your, to self and wholeness. And so that's how we came up with this next one. And we do have another one planned. We're not going to talk about that yet. 
But so that that so I, so that's all I'll say there. And then I'll let Baba Baba G explain. I think did, did you have any questions, um, Wanda? So that's basically what it's about. Um. No, so far. Um, well, I don't have any no, I don't have any more questions. But maybe you could uh, tell people okay. uh, where, how they, how they can par- participate and listen and ask questions and things like that. So the Zoom okay. conference—it's so, so, a Zoom. Go ahead, Patricia. No, I was just going to say. Then, then, I, then I'll, I'll step back and let Baba G. So, it by design, it it is. It wasn't designed to be a panel of experts, and we tell you what to do, and then mm-hmm. you ask us questions. Instead, we were going to model for you and show you what we're doing. And so you, you can watch it live on Facebook, but it's not the setup where you like, oh, what about this, that, and the other. That's not how we designed it. We just wanted to kind of like, like um, edutainment or how we, we're showing you. This is how we live our life, and this is how it makes us whole. And and then so you can't. There is a chat where you can talk in the chat. But if you were to say, okay, what does this mean? What does that mean? It's not designed that way. I don't, that's the best way I can explain it. And I'll let Baba G now step in. Go ahead, Baba. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so as um, Dr. Nunley said, this really is uh, intended to be um, a sharing of things that folks are doing to demonstrate wellness and health in the black community. And so folks are going to be talking about black love, what is black love, how it manifests itself, what are the um, experiences of black love. Um, You also want to talk about the joy and pain of blackness because with the COVID um, experience and those members who have experienced a family loss. Myself, I have lost my brother in in New York um, in April to COVID. And so the question is, how do we, um, how does this pandemic affect the transition of a lost one, of a loved one? And how do we recreate it with shelter in place, the traditional funerary processes that are part of our experience? Um, so we're going to deal with that aspect because a lot of um, families have lost loved ones and have not been able to establish closure um, through the normal practices. So that becomes part of the pain that we're experiencing as part of this um, COVID. But then on the flip side, we have to look at the joy of blackness, and the joy of blackness centers around um, black love, um, how we express and manifest our love for each other during this time and all times because love has been the central focus that has kept the black community together. Um, our brilliance, our brilliance is expressed in a multitude of ways that we do not see. Um, we do not see in the national news media. The national news media always covers evidence of um, tragedy, trauma, dysfunctioning in the black community. But the brilliance of our children and of our community is hardly shown. And so we have to talk about how we express our brilliance through excellence, particularly in the scientific field. And so we'll have some young people talking about their experiences 
um, in the scientific, scientific field. And then we want to talk about our artists. How do our artists demonstrate our brilliance? And also the beauty salon has been a place of health and healing for black women and for black men. The barbershop is always a community um, mental health center. The beauty salon is our community mental health center. And so we'll have folks talking about, about that experience and talking about how the different ways of styling our hair represents a reflection of our brilliance. And then we want to talk about the, um, the celebration of wellness. What do we do to celebrate wellness? And so we have people from um, the Caribbean, Jamaica, Haiti, Bahamas, um, we have people from South America, Guyana, and from Brazil. We have people from um, Canada, and Black we have news. people from Black people from Canada. Thank you, <laughs> and African Americans. So we all sharing in this whole experience of de- of what celebration of life is, and how we use our own, um, how we connect with our spirits, how we use that connection to self-heal ourselves. Um, so that's in, in a gist what the focus of the webinar would be. Oh, well, it sounds really, really wonderful. I, I love the, uh, wow, the whole um, philosophy and, and context sounds like it's going to be really um, encouraging for everyone who attends. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, and the whole right. idea, yeah. the whole yeah, idea is good. that people leave this webinar not with facts and figures, but with um, practices and things that they can actually try themselves in their lived space and their lived experience. So it's, again, the community coming together to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. That's and, really great. Um, and Wanda, by, by design, mm-hmm. too, it's not just doctors. It's not just professionals. I mean, it's a mixture. It's also just everyday folks that, um, mm-hmm. that are involved in this, too. Because, as you know, um, what the, the percentage of, of us as a people that are actually have the doctorate degrees, et cetera, is very small. And so we don't want to be, like in our last one, we had uh, Dr. Zetu. Dr. Zetu is from um, South Africa. And as I said, the first one, Black by Design 1, it was the USA and South Africa. And Dr. Zetu, she did this piece around listening. Because what she said, we have to be very, very careful. This is an experience, a unique experience for African people. But we cannot act like we are the experts and we know everything. We need to sit back and listen to the to the majority of us who are experiencing this. So that's why another reason it's like, no, 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 we don't want to say we're the experts. We're just saying we're living this experience with you as well. But what we know, you know, what, what we have learned from living this experience, these are the things that we're doing. And, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, yeah, okay, I happen to be a doctor too. But that's not mm-hmm. the lead part. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So tell us a little bit more about about some of the people that you've pulled together here, and and how do you know them? Um, how, like, that's a lot of different spaces where we are, you know, in the diaspora. So how do you pull all that together? And tell us some of their their names and their their expertise. Okay, so, so, so as you know, go we ahead, are, we are both uh, members of the Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know that we're we're both members of the Association of Black Psychologists, and I am mm-hmm, the, right. um, the Western Region Rep, but I'm also a community organizer. But this is this okay? As an association, we are an international association. And so um, I met a lot of the people at ABCI, but I also travel a lot. I love to go, I mean, I love international travel. And Dr. Rachel Bayer-Cook, who used to be the president of the, the local Bay Area Association of Black Psychologists, I met her there, but I didn't know our moms or friends. Anyway, we became like really, really sisters. It's like, oh, my God. And so she and I, I've been to South Africa maybe like seven, eight times, right? And so one of the trips, she and I, um, we decided we're going to go on a search for traditional healers, right, traditional African healers. So we went to London, Paris, um, South Africa, um, Botswana, and Zimbabwe. And so in that travel and also being a member of ABCI, that's how I was able to meet the international folk. But also I have, there's some local people that I know, I mean, they do my hair. So that's how I know them. So, so that's how some of the people, um, and one, one of the girls, one of the college students, she is actually the granddaughter of one of my colleagues. So these are like real people that we know like on an intimate level also, not just like, oh, that's so-and-so. These are people that we know intimately. Okay, and I'll go ahead, Baba G. Yeah, and during my um, tenure as the National Convention Chair of Black um, Psychologists, um, I was able to meet a whole host of people from throughout the whole world. And so... Based upon that, I was able to pull together a list of people from the Caribbean who've been ABCI members at various times, um, um, and then also um, ABCI members from Canada. And then, uh, in addition to that, folks who had reached out to me, not as a psychologist, but as a friend. Like, I had a friend of mine who said, I have this uh, sister from Ghana who I wanted to meet, and you can talk with her because she has some ideas about research. So I didn't know her, so, but when I met with, her, met with her, we sat down and we talked for a long time, and so she will be one of the presenters talking about the work that she is doing in Guyana around the women's refugee camp, and this is a really important um, on-the-ground activity that is being done not by not by a court doctor, but by someone who has the lived experience of working in the community. So we have that, um, as we said, mix of professional and um, community folks that we have. Um, we have um, ten, seven confirmed international speakers, and then we have a couple 
that we are still waiting on for final confirmation. And so this is how we the network starts with a small group of folks from the black psychologists. And over 10 years, you know, we have had all of these conferences, annual conference. And every year we have at least 200 um, at least 300 people come in for the conference, and we have over 100 presentations. So that's a lot of folks that we, that I've met over the years and have maintained some sort of contact with. And most of, most of these people uh, would, would be considered lifelong friends, not just uh, someone who presented a conference, because ABCI is really a family. And that, as we say, um, once an ABCI member, always an ABCI member. Mm-hmm. Yes, right, like right. for example, when I go to South Africa, uh, people that I know, they pick me up from the airport and I stay in their home. And like, for mm-hmm. example, the Canadians that are that are um, going to be presented, Dr. Penny Cook, it's, um, so if I go there, I stay at her house, she can stay at my house. So there is, we really are family. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the, the young ladies from Guadeloupe, she was my former student, uh, Cindy. She's going to be presenting. And I remember Cindy, she, she has a French accent because of the colonization there. But Cindy was one of my students. And so when I actually, so she got married, she invited me to her wedding. When I was in South Africa, she gave birth to her child. The child was very, very low birth weight. I mean, she freaked out. And so we talked about black infant mortality. And I reminded her that, hey, guess what? When the black girls, they survive more than any other. She said, oh, Dr. Dunley, they told me that. I said, it's true, it's true. And so that's the relationship with her just continued, you know, stronger and stronger. And she told me that, Dr. Nunley, I had to marry a black man because I must touch my father's black, my grandfather. And so she's going to be speaking. I don't want to see, see that we're trying, we don't want to ruin <laughs> the things that people are going to say. One of the other people, Mukulu, uh, he traveled with us to um, to South Africa because he needed to bring his wife ashes there. So, so yeah, so just, we got, uh, this so rich, I'm just so excited. I, I'll go back to the, the women's refugee camp. Um, the, that falls under, for me, that's the beauty of black women. If you are a woman to survive a, a refugee camp, it just says something about us. I mean, that's so rich to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm just like I'm I'm really, I'm getting excited about what we're doing because yeah. it, it is going to be exciting. And what, one of yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, go go ahead, Bobby. No, I was, I was going. I was just going to say ahead, that Bob. we have to save some of the uh, prizes for the webinar in terms of content oh, and stuff huh? like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean. So, how so many? How many want, people? We can give you names. You want the names? Can... Yeah, yeah. You can give us some names and. Uh, Would you yeah, like us totally. to do that? Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Latasha Mason and Keisha Mason. Bobby, I want to get everybody's names right. Um, are mm-hmm. doctors? Maybe you could tell us. Maybe you could tell us where where they are in the world, like in the diaspora. Okay. Do you have the you have the list up, Father? 
Sacramento. He's a local artist. Um, we have um, Niambi Hall Campbell. She's in Bahamas right now. She's living and working in Bahamas. Um, Cindy is from Guadeloupe. Um, Art and Narissa Harris. This is a young couple that came to ABCI, um in 20, um, 2018 conference we had here in Oakland. And they, they were just married. And they have been a, a mainstay of the barrier chapter now. And they are both um, psychologists w- working in Richmond. And they have a beautiful young um, baby girl. So that's a very important. Because what it is showing is that folks are making connection with ABCI and convention and then staying on as part of ABCI. Um, Patricia, um, Dr. Nunley's first experience of ABCI was in 2008 when we had our 40th annual convention here in Oakland. And since then, she has been part of, of the ABCI. Um, so that's piece of it. Um, so Ariel and Skyler are both graduate students in engineering, and they're working on their um, doctoral degrees and they I'm not sure what part of the USA that they are. Um, Natasha Denver and Misha. Where's MIT? I can't. Um, MIT is in um, in um, Massachusetts. Yeah. And then um, Natasha and Misha. Natasha and Misha. They're here in, in Oakland. Oakland. Okay. And then we have. Sonia Mills and Natasha Pennycook from Canada, and Sharina Edinburgh, also from Canada. And then we have Ingrid Goodman from Guyana. Um, Marcia Sutherland, um, Dr. Sutherland is Jamaica by heritage, but she's in New York. And Baina Bello is from Haiti. I think she's in, she's located in Haiti. Um, Patricia, I think so, yes. And then Roberta Frederico. <laughs> She's Haiti. She's a Haiti. Yeah. Roberta Frederico is from Brazil. And so, and then we have some folks from um, St. Vincent and St. Lucia um, that we're waiting to get response from. And also one other person from Guyana and one other person from Jamaica. So we tend to get um, confirmation from those folks. So that's, that's where we are. As I said, it's a broad cross-section of um, participants in the webinar, and it covers a whole range of skill set, knowledge, and experience. And based upon the initial um, part one of this Black by Design um, webinar series, this promises to be a stellar, excellent um, presentation, and we anticipate we'd get a good attendance and try and share some strategies that people can use again, their sense of wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be really awesome. One, the, uh, Black by Design 
Yeah, on Black by mm-hmm. Design one, um, our views were at two point nine, I think. Um, so about about oh, three thousand people nice. um, viewed, nice. uh, viewed uh, in the Black by Design one. Mm-hmm. And now the reason we don't have the UK, um, we were going to include them because they are part of the diaspora. There's lots of African folks there, but they actually right. put one to you know they actually put one together coming up this this Friday. But they would have Correct, been a yeah. part of it also. And so, yeah. yeah. Oh, so they and have so one this, this Friday? This, and today, Dr. Penny Cook, she, uh, this Friday, but it's UK only. So it's only going to be the UK. Oh. And so otherwise they would have been a part of it too because, because as I said, Baba G said, this time let's make this the diaspora and not mm-hmm. any of, um, of, of the motherland. Because the first one was mm-hmm. just the USA and South Africa. Mm-hmm. And our third yeah. one right. will be global again. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so could I, um, I'm not sure what our time frame is, but could I put in a plug for the barrier chapter of ABCI? Um, of course. Say that um, they, 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 this, or the National Association of Black Psychologists is now 52 years old, and so it mm-hmm. was founded in 1968 in San Francisco. So every 10 years we come back to the Bay Area to celebrate. So we had our 40th or 50th, and we'll, we'll be back in the Bay Area for our 60th um, anniversary. But the Bay Area chapter has been in the forefront of creating innovative programs that we implement in the Bay Area. In, in the Bay Area. And we have an exciting program right now where we're doing a pilot testing of a therapist in residency program. And it's a, it is a pilot program that brings together um, interns working under the supervision of black clinicians in terms of getting their hours for certification and licensing. And this program is being run by um, Dr. Tony Jackson, our president, and Dr. Sandra Smith, who is the co-supervisor of that program. And folks, if they need information, they can always go to our website, barrierblackpsychologist.com, or they can send us a mail, an email to b-a-a-b-p-s-i at gmail.com. And so just a shout out, we know that in this time of this pandemic, lots of people and particularly black people are experiencing an extraordinary amount of stress, depression, anxiety, uncertainty. And if you need someone to talk to, reach out to us because we are there and we are available to provide some sort of healing or some sort of activity that will involve healing on your part. So that's my plug. Oh, that's, Thank you. Oh, that's great. So could you give the um, give the contact information again for the Bay Area um, uh, chapter of the, yes. of the uh, ABCI? So B-A-A-B-P-S-I at mm-hmm. gmail.com. Okay. And um, is there um, is and there the a website reason, as well? Um, I, I, uh, Yes, the website um, it's 
www.baabpsi.com. Okay. Dr. Nanda, you were going to say something? The reason why, you, why the reason this, yeah, the reason, okay, the reason, I'm, I'm very excited about that, the therapist in residence program too, because as I said earlier, I am an educator and my medicine is education, particularly um, against the, uh, the, the, the fact that we don't know who we are. But what's very important mm-hmm. about this, this yeah. program is this. Okay. Many times, say you go to school and you want to become a psychologist. Right. And and become and when you go and you want to become a psychologist, then you you have to you need to sit under the supervision of someone who's already practicing. And do you know how hard it is? Do you know how hard it is? I'm going to say it a third time. Do you know how hard it is for a black student to sit under a black professional and to learn how to do things the African way, our way? That is so hard for me. I was educated in a PWI, a predominantly white institution, and so I had to. So I got my formal degree there, but I had to learn and sit at the feet of the Babas, like Baba Baba G, Baba Goddard, uh, Dr. Wade Nobles, Naeem Akbar, Dr. Linda James Myers. I, um, there were so many. I had to learn the African stuff. That somewhere inside, I knew something was wrong with the Western stuff, and so they have helped me on this journey to, not, to to understand all of my African self and the power that that has. Imagine a program where you don't have to, you get to, you don't have to grapple by yourself. It's like, oh, we've done this already. As a matter of fact, they even, they, they don't even call themselves doctors. It's in Ganga's. It's, it's just a beautiful program. And I, I just get very excited about it. Um, yeah, and that's that. I just I just needed to say that, Bobby G. Did you want to say more about that? Because that's just so exciting to me. No, no I think um, um, you caught it all. And um, one day I want you to recognize the passion with which um, Doctor Nunley speaks, because once you discover self, one becomes passionate about it, and that's part of the healing. Because the healing reveals yeah. itself in the passion with which one carries the message to others to inspire them also to heal themselves by finding self. So it's like the um, the old way of saying things, the Sankofa going back and fetch what was yours to use in the present time. Mm-hmm. Right. And what yeah. better way to see it than to watch in this June 5th celebration you see us doing that. I mean, we hurt. There's things that happen to us, but we're still African. And at the end of the day, our ancestors will help us survive. And that's what the June 5th, the black, that's what the whole series Black by Design is about, Kim, by design. And there is nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with it. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. It gives you this supernatural power that they call Ngolo, and it is a self-healing power. It's like when your spirit is right, it's like you can come that COVID, you, you get it, okay, whatever. You can survive it. And, and so, and, and even if you physically don't survive it, you can spiritually survive it. You're just going back to your ancestors, it's all good. But when you have that type of mindset, that is so different. Fear is a horrible, fear causes stress. Stress, and we know stress is harmful and horrible. 
so I mean, I can go on and on, but I'll just be quiet. But it's like, this is about joy, 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 joy. Joy is medicine, it's, he- it's healing, it's what we need in the midst of all of this pain, but we still can have joy. Right, right. I was wondering, um, you know, um, as we bring this, this conversation to a close, I want to know if each of you could could share, um, you know, sort of one of those practices or, or stories um, or memories that you reach back to, you know, now that things are just so... Okay. Uh, different. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, a friend of mine told me that her mother passed, and they haven't been able to have a, a service for her. Um, right. And a lot of people have have lost family, not necessarily to to COVID nineteen, but that's happening as well. Um, but some people, you know, they were already making their transition, and and then and then this this disease happens, and then that means that you can't necessarily visit your loved one anymore because they they might be in hospice or or maybe the elder is in um uh in a in a care facility so so there's not that physical closure oh. happening um which yeah. which is you know really um important okay so so and so. and then and then also I wanted to add to to your reflection so you do that and then also um you specifically, um, Dr. Nunley, I wanted you to maybe uh, share some reflections on um, the Zulu shaman, um, Lusama Zulu, Credo uh, Mutwa. Uh, maybe you might, if you want to share something that he wrote or share a, share a memory as well. So I've got two things for you. And then, Dr. Goddard, if you know him as well, please feel free. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna let uh, him do uh, Robert Crater Mutua. Um, a, a, a couple of things um, came to mind. What is what you're talking about? So, okay. So you said that when a person transitions, um, that we no longer can physically see them and visit, et cetera. That is true, but we're not just physical people. We are also spirit beings. And as a spirit being, you're still connected. And so the Western way of thinking, which we've gotten very used to, we think physically, if you're not right there, then I'm no longer connected. Remember the theme in the June 5th thing is physically distant but spiritually connected. If we Mm -hmm. understood that we are spirit people, we would know, I don't need to see you to be connected to you. I'm always connected to you. And as African people, we also live in, in uh, not in, in, how do I explain it to my students? Um, I say it like this. We live in the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. So, there, so when we think that we only live in the present, it's more painful when somebody goes, to the, uh, goes into, in the past. But they're still there. They're, we're still connected to them, and that's the joy. Now, let me go for a minute because I'm African-centered, but I'm also, everybody knows I'm Christian too, right? And so, and for some people, that's like a real conflict. It's like, how the heck can you do that? So, but, I, but it's possible. It's possible because that's, 
the simplicity and the complexity of being African. We are a simple and a complex people. So let me speak from, if I'm speaking just as the Christian, the Bible says we mourn differently. So they're going home to be with Jesus, right? That's a good thing. So it, let me tell in the African way, you're just going to your ancestors. Yes, you're sad, you miss them, but you're going to see them again. And so that's the kind of joy that I can have because I understand that. And, like, uh, one of the things right now, we need a lot of sun, right? I mean, we, we, sun is vitamin D. So I was sitting at, in my back, um, at my patio door, looking out into the yard. I have a very tiny backyard, getting my son looking out. And you know what I started thinking about? I was, like, going back to South Africa and Zimbabwe and remembering, and I was saying, why am I not there? Because there, everybody around me is black, and they're not, they're not, suffering this kind of stuff it's like i want to be back home there but it's like it's okay i spiritually can go back there so those are the kind of strategies that's the kind of comprehension of self that when you understand who you are as an african person you even mourn differently so that that's and i'll get out of the way because i know i said a lot of stuff i'm sorry baba go ahead (laughs) (laughs) thank you baba g Go ahead, because yeah, um, I get all caught so, up. <laughs> so it's interesting that um, Dr. Nunley ended with um, being out in the sun. And part of what I do um, as part of my healing experience is that every day I go out in my yard and I do gardening. So right now my yard is ablaze with flowers. I have red roses. I have... Um, white color leaves, I have orange color lilies, I have yellow clay dahlias, I have geraniums, I have red and white um red and white um dahlias, I have pink roses, I have white roses, I have red hibiscus, and then my pride and joy is that I have my avocado tree has some young avocado on it. My apple tree is full. It has lots of young avocado um, apples on it. And then my banana squash is up, and it has the first flower. So I should be getting banana squash within the next month. And I have lots of peppers and tomatoes in the backyard. So the backyard is where I spend most of my time if I'm not in a webinar or in a meeting. And... I, and so part of the healing process is to reestablish that man-land connection, the connection between person and land that was destroyed during when we were taken away from Africa as part of the first experience of human trafficking, which some folks call the slave trade, but it was really human trafficking in which the Europeans trafficked cons to the Western Hemisphere. And so that process disrupted the continuity of the relationship between person and land, which was um, critical in understanding the philosophical foundation of African people. Because once you are connected to the land, you are connected to the ancestors. And so when we came here, we recreated some of those traditions. Uh, but the most critical one was the reestablishment of this relationship with land. 
And so that's an important part of the healing process for me. And it also provides for nutritious uh, nutritious meals because they have homegrown tomatoes, which are different in taste and smell and color from what you buy in the store. And same thing with the other produce that comes from the land in a natural form. So that's that's what I do. Yeah, that's so really I, wonderful. So I think when I think Wanda, I think about people who, because maybe you don't have a backyard. I mean, maybe you don't have a home. Mm-hmm. Maybe you you're unhoused. So, but you still have the land. You're connected to the land. One of the amazing stories that one of the South Africans um, said about uh, I, I think I can't. It was a group of women that had been raped, and they were trying to get healing. And they tried to do it through using um, Western medicine. So psychologists came in and they put them on the couch, basically, and talked to them one-on-one. They, these women thought that was the craziest thing ever. It's like, why am I sitting in a couch uh, in this room inside instead of outside? And I'm not with my sisters. I need to be out with my sisters in community because we're connected people, and I need to be close to the ground, which is where my, my source of everything, not on a couch inside. And she also, they needed to drum the beat. So all of these, these natural ways, so music to the ground, outdoors, all those things are healing. Now, if you need me to go Western science, there's something called the vagus nerve that gets stimulated. I mean, there, I, that's one thing I am grateful sometimes i get angry that i'm western trained but because i do have western training when i learn the natural real stuff i'm like oh yeah you know what they they trying to explain that as this but they're missing spirit because in the domains they they say there's just three there's there there's the spiritual domain that everything comes out of and so i can i can explain things through western i can explain it through christian but it's all the African base at the center. And so that is the beauty of being in an association like the black psychologist. You do not have to be a clinical psychologist. You, but you must, you must, you must, you must be a healer. You must want to heal and care about your people. Because just because you are a psychologist, you're black and you're a psychologist, doesn't mean that you really care about your people. You got to be a healer first and then, oh, and by the way, I'm a social worker. Oh, by the way, I'm this or I'm that. And so that's the beauty of our organization. It's the journey back to self because we're kind of like many of us are kind of this broken, or I don't want to say broken. I, I can't, Wanda, you're the artist. You know how an art piece that it's just come apart, but it can come back together. So when I say broken, it sounds like you can't repair. So I don't, you guys give me a better word. Because you can bring this back together. And that's our purpose is to bring you back to you, back to your African you. Because that's that wholeness, the wellness, that's where it's at. Yeah, I was just thinking um, about, you know, sort of that assemblage kind of process where, you know, you sort of take things that don't seem like they go together and you put them together, you know, these different experiences, and then you find this really wonderful work that is uh, a mixture of, of both things that were inside and other things that one might experience in in the world. 
that makes a person or makes the artwork that much more uh, has gives it more depth, and it also sort of gives it different kinds of perspectives. Um, and some of that, you know, you can't you can't go to the store and buy it. You you have to live it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Because we are, yeah. uh, what does uh, Baba Wade say? We are African by nature and American by nurture. So the same applies to our Canadian people, um, mm-hmm. our Ghanaian, yeah. all the other people that are participating. At the end of the day, we are African people, right. and we are spirit. Yeah. And that's what we want everybody to understand. And it looks it looks different ways. Like I said, we're simple but complex. We are not a monolithic people, we but we are connected a, a, a people a oneness. There is um, African because it says we we say phys, phys, physically distanced but spiritually connected. African oneness, African yeah. oneness. I can't say that again. African oneness, oneness, oneness. That's where the real hope is. Everything else. Mm, yeah, that's all I'll say. Everything else is mm. right. Yeah. Um, so let's give fun, people yeah. that. Yeah, um, and then um, definitely want you to um, you know go out with a story about um, the uh, Zulu shaman um, uh, Vusa Mazulu um, Credo Mwa. Yeah, um, but before that, I want you to give our give our audience the information again about. Uh, about the webinar next week, the conversation, the discussion, and and then I want to tell you that the um, uh, helping our people emerge, uh, the UK chapter uh, of the Association of Black Psychologists um, webinar on Friday. It looks like it's open because um, there's a link here. Um, it's um, it is open. It the twenty ninth. Yeah. Okay. Because you said it was. Because I thought you said that you could only participate if you were in the UK, but I'm like... No, can, no the can... presenters... The oh, pres- no, you know what? Let all me, the presenters me... are from the UK. Yeah. It's just yeah, UK no, presenters. No, they aren't. No, no they aren't. They are all the presenters are here. No, um, uh, Dr. Okay. Um, uh, Nobles, um, both of them, um, uh, Baba Wade and, and uh, Mama uh, Vera, oh. they're, they're participating, and Dr. Theophia... Oh. Uh, the, uh, Jackson, the National ABCI president, is going to be okay, there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just want to let people no, no, know. I'm like, so, so okay. Oh. So, go yeah, ahead. no, no. Like, it I'm is, reading the flyer. We didn't mean to okay. say that it is closed. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mean to say. Okay, so basically, yes, you, yes, you, uh, Mama Vera, uh, Baba Way, that they're going to be guests on there. But the, mm-hmm. the 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 people who are speak the 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 speech is the U it's the ABCI in the UK only, as opposed to other um, speakers from other places. So yes, they will be there, but they're not like how, how, like they're guests. I don't know how to better explain it, but yeah, yeah, how, how should I better explain it, Baba? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're guests, they're but guests. the focus the mm-hmm. focus is UK. Mm-hmm. They're special right. invited guests because mm-hmm. of their uh, their international and and Dr. Theophia Jackson is our president, so you will mm-hmm. see her the president of our national Everywhere. chapter. Like for example, on the diaspora one we have, you're mm-hmm. going to see 
Dr. Theopia Jackson, and then next you will see Ron Marie from the U.K. because she's the international rep, and then you will see Tony. So it's just kind of like the protocol, and then you see the diaspora. Mm-hmm. I don't right. know if I made I maybe confused well, people. Well, more. The think, I mean, they're hosting invited. it, so it makes yeah, sense but, that, yeah. you know, they would be the, the majority of the speakers or, you know, except for these special guests who are leadership in the overall overall organization, which is a national and global organization. So so that makes it makes sense. I just right. thought when you said it earlier, I thought, Oh, we can't even go and look at it. Like really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my flyer oh, and I'm like, yeah, no, we no, can I'm go. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, mm-hmm. no, it's clear. Yeah. I'm you know, we're making yeah, it clear I'm, now I'm just in case other people didn't yeah, understand like I, I didn't understand I it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank right. you, Wanda. I'm sorry. Yes, every the, we want people to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay, it's 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Friday. Yeah. Look, our time, that yeah, would be I, what, 2, 1, 12, 11? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 11 Pacific Is Time. Is that 11 yeah. our time? 11 Pacific mm-hmm. Time, yes. And it will be set up, um, I think, where you can actually, uh, there'll be a Q&A, I think. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think yeah. they're, they're, I'm not looking at the flyer. It may be designed with the Q&A. Are you guys looking at the flyer? Is there a Q&A? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be on Facebook Live, um, you know, face, facebook.com forward slash U-K-A-B-S-I. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Glad well, that and, we uh, and, and yeah, I just want to say I never met um um Credo Mutua, but I heard a lot of him from other um members of the Bay chapter. And the first I heard of, of him was from our then president, um, Doctor Mary Hargrove from Southern from Los Angeles. And she had mm-hmm. talked about going to um South Africa and meeting with um, Barbara Credo Mutua as part of her exploration of the international aspect of ABCI. Um, but in a sense, she was a, a Sansui, and the Sansui is the highest level of African healer, and he was mm-hmm. also a Sangoma. And the Sangomas are the keepers of traditional stories and they explain philosophical and cosmological beliefs of the people. Um, in addition to keeping the stories and the knowledge serving as the library of the lived experience of the people, the Sangomas, are all, they also fight illness and social pollution while maintaining immediate and constant contact with the ancestors. So... In a sense, the Sangoma is the bridge between the visible realm that we are in and the invisible realm of the ancestors. And through that connection, they're able to bring back to the visible realm knowledge about health and healing and ways in which one can heal themselves in this environment. So I um, that's all I can say about him, in, just in terms of, understanding what the Sangoma and the Sansui are. And they're, they're really, um, they, they really keep the traditions of the people, provide a healing 
environment and have immediate con- connection with the invisible realm. And so when the Sangoba transitions, it's like in the, in the visible realm, like the loss of a library because of the mm-hmm. storehouse of knowledge and information. But it's my, my understanding is, is that the Sangomas are also responsible for passing on that knowledge and tradition, etc., to the younger generation through a kind of apprenticeship of someone who would ultimately become a Sangoma. So that's my understanding of the role that Credo Mutua played. And I know that um, many of the members of ABCI have made pilgrimages to South Africa to meet with him and discuss various aspects of health and healing. Yeah. I never got an opportunity to go visit him. Twice I had tried, and it did not happen, but Dr. Tony Jackson, um, mm-hmm. Baba, uh, Dr. Wade Noble, uh, uh, Baba Mutwag actually gave him a ring. So, so if you really want to go in, in depth and learn more about it, we had it in our first uh, Black by Design one. We had a whole mm-hmm. tribute to him, but Dr. Wade Noble would be the one, and I'm sure he would love to. You know, he would he would come on come on and talk. And if you can dedicate a show to that. I mean, I could set mm-hmm. that up and, you know, and make sure that happens yeah. for you. Yeah, please. But yeah, he could go into mm-hmm. great detail. Because, because it, yeah, because the, th- the thing is, it's very interesting. Um, the people in South Africa, um, sometimes you don't miss something until it's gone. Because, there's mm-hmm. a, you know, so, so it's very interesting. As soon as he transitioned, my South mm-hmm. African uh, family told me, and then I immediately told Baba Wade because I know the connection Baba Wade has to him, you know, had to him, yes. so and continues to have to him. And so, yeah, yeah. So it's so so. Yes, it's a very very important. Sangoma has transitioned mm-hmm. and is now with the ancestors, but in right. his lifetime, he was not treated. Well. I mean, it's, it's you, you know, it's just he wasn't. He wasn't, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to leave physically this the physical realm before people understand how significant you are and so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. right yeah yeah because i i had so an opportunity like um i can talk to him about yeah that. yeah please yeah i would because i was able to visit um okay, you know the uh the place where he had built you know had all these sculpted pieces you know that um the 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 sort of um i don't know it was almost like like a shrine, you know, we had all these really wonderful um, artwork. Yeah, I got a chance to visit there Mm -hmm. when I was in South Mm -hmm. Africa. But he wasn't, you know, he didn't live um, there anymore. You know, he was somewhere else. So I didn't get a chance to meet him. And I really didn't know who he was. And and then he passed. And I'm like, oh, and then I I saw, you know, I looked at, it's like, oh, that's that's the healer who's, you know, who's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, living museum. You know, um, you know the shrine that I visit. And it's like, right. oh wow, yeah, because they told me all about him. You know, when I visited, I'm like, oh, this is so wonderful. Yeah, and it is interesting how how people didn't understand him, um, but he didn't let that stop him in his work. 
Yeah, yeah. He didn't, and his so. wife, Mama Virginia, goes on. And A.B. Side, we actually gave him a, a an award, too. Um, but, yes, I can, I can ask uh, uh, Baba Wade because, <laughs> like I said, uh, he gave him a ring. I mean, he could just tell you amazing stories, and cool. I don't even want to awesome. try to try to justify him. I, I mean, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to – you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't do it justice. That's what I'm trying to say. I would not be yeah, able to sure. do it justice. Okay, no problem, no problem. Yeah, I look forward to that. Okay, cool. Well, thank you both, um, you know, for joining us to talk about, you know, this really wonderful um, program next week and uh, next Friday. And uh, why don't you give our audience again the time and uh, so they can make sure that they are, you know, sort of a part of the discussion. Okay. Um, you want to do it, Baba? Since I always mess up the little WW. So it's um, yeah. <laughs> Friday, June 5th. Friday, June 5th, um, 1 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which would be 4 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So folks on the East Coast can join us at that time, and then folks in the Bay in the Pacific region can join us at that time. Um, and you can join us live on Facebook um, through the ABCI Facebook page, and that would be on the flyer. And the flyer would be uh, posted on the ABCI webpage, and we, we're distributing it to various email lists, etc. Okay, excellent, excellent. And you'll be able um, to just click they... on the link once we do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And are there are there any other um you know, webinars that you would like to highlight um that um people might want to be aware of? Because I have a few that I'm gonna announce um after our conversation. But do you have any that you want to highlight? Um well we have the UK uh, one do the uh, uh the one with Tony. What's the one with Tony? Come you know, the uh for Africa Day? It's with Dr. Grill, Dr. Tony, and Dr. Uh... Well, that already happened because Africa Day was May 25th, and quite a few of the presentations, like the one for the um, African Liberation um, Day, you can watch those, and the big world concert um that was hosted by Idris Alba, who is a COVID-19 uh, survivor. That's available, too. You can watch those concerts. So um, so what they were going to announce have already happened. But I want to remind people again about the details for tomorrow's webinar. Um, the Association of Black Psychologists Bay Area Chapter present Black by Design 2, Physically Distanced, but physically, but spiritually connected, African oneness. And it's featuring African wellness uh, as themes, the joy and pain of blackness, black beauty and brilliance, uh, an international African diaspora celebration of blackness. And again, it's going to be on Facebook Live, facebook.com forward slash the ABCI, AB then PSI. And again, in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, it's one to sell. You can come to the Lake Merritt 
and we can do the um, vehicular um, hands around the lake with prayers and libations for our our brothers and sisters who um, were killed by police. And also we can send um, our intentions and call on our ancestors to uh, address this um, overt uh, excessive use of force in keeping black bodies in line. And um, and then also I told you I'd tell you about another group activity that's happening on on Friday, and it's uh, twice on Friday. Um, people are, are encouraged to to breathe for those who couldn't. It's a nine-minute meditation um, this Friday, and uh, let me read you those details. Uh, it says awareness, alignment, breathe, breath. You where awareness, alignment, breath, power. Breathe for those who couldn't. A nine-minute global meditation for justice and peace on the next full moon eclipse. So it's Friday, June fifth, twenty twenty, and so we are encouraged to to do this nine-minute global meditation from ten to ten o nine a.m. on Friday morning, which is tomorrow, and from five to five o nine p.m. Pacific time. So both of these are Pacific time. And it says um, you can choose your way. Uh, Zoom meeting ID is here to you, and I will also post it here on the uh, on the website for the program. But it's eight five seven five one three eight two nine four five, and the password is four five zero four seven two. And uh, Instagram Live at Spirit W U R X Oakland. Spirit W U R X Oakland. And then it uh, says to do this with friends and family and also by yourself. So um, it's hashtag We Can Breathe and hashtag Spirit spelled differently S P E A R I T. W-U-R-X, and, um, yeah, that's going to be really great. So, again, nine-minute meditation, global, nine-minute global meditation, um, 10 to 10.09 a.m. and 5 to 5.09 p.m., and it's the full moon. And it's being hosted by Mizan Alkebulan Abaka, and she's a, a marriage uh, MPH, a master's, um, public health and CYT 500. Don't know what that means. <laughs> and the website for um, the co-creator Spirit Works is again Spear S P E A R It I T and W U R X. Alrighty. So we are going to close with. I was thinking about playing. Um, uh, playing Kim Nally's, um, I really love um, her. I wish I knew how it felt to be free. Um, and then we'll go right into an interview with um, Joanna Haygood, because we started out the show looking at memory and talking about Don't You Remember. And so we're going to look at 
a neighborhood in San Francisco, Bayview Hunters Point. And uh, this particular program that Joanna Haygood uh, Zyko Dance Company or Theater put on, mm, I'm not sure, um, was it last year or the year before, but it was really awesome. And so she's going to tell us about this project, and her projects are always rooted in history and culture, and particularly the history and culture of our communities that are overlooked and um, deeply seeped in African uh, African American culture stories that need to be told. So I'm gonna play this piece. Um, well, she's got this piece called "Big Hooded Black Man," but I don't want to play that one. So I'm gonna play. Uh, oh wow, I really like "Listen Here, Cold Duck." That's another nice one. And the sea light woman is nice too. So I think I might go with. Oh gosh, it's a really long one. I'm not gonna play. I knew. I wish I knew. Um, how it would feel to be free because that's seven minutes and I'm sleepy. So I'm going to play uh, Listen Here, Cold Duck, and and then we're going to slip right into um, we're going to slip right into this interview with Joanna Haygood. Thank you for hanging out with me this morning. Listen here, I really want to tell you, there's gonna be some changes in the coming year now, you got to know, there ain't no use in lying, I'm through with all your driving, you got to Down in the soul. 
So that was Kim Nally, uh, Co-Duck. And um, and before that, we opened the show with Wadada Leo Smith's Don't You Remember. And we're going to close out with Joanna Haygood's um, talking about this wonderful piece that she did about the residents of Bayview Hunters Point. It was a, a work that took maybe a couple of years, um, at least a year, to gather stories and have community uh, events like dinners and get-togethers, socials, to to um, you know to have people tell their stories, which in turn, um, Joanna, as she's so well at doing, created this soundscape, and then she brought in um, collaborators to um, to do uh, choreography, not choreography, well, yeah, guest choreographers, but also you know, dancers from the community and the um, the Opera House uh, right there on 3rd Street. And, you know, we went, we, we started, did we start outside or inside? We, we, we were inside for some of it as we watched some stories. There was also video. And then we went outside and there was a, a new score, um, Martin Luther. Um, I think, I'm not sure if he did all of it, but he, and he also performed it was really, really fantastic, and I went in the evening, and so it, it was really nice because lighting was a part of the set design as well. It was really, really, really beautiful. So you missed it, but I think there are some clips, and I know there are photographs on the website for Zako Dance Company. So enjoy. You're not going to be able to hear it all, but you'll be able to hear a little bit, and you can go back into the archives to hear the rest of the interview. Welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of the African Sisters Media Network. And that was Zion Trinity singing opening prayer to the African deity, Eshu Legba. The deity that says, Eshu says that we always have choices. We are never victims. So we should exercise our options. And we are so excited to have one of our favorite guests, the multi-talented creative, Joanna mm. Haygood, um, the uh, founder and uh, artistic director, choreographer, uh, since 1979 of Zako. Wow. I mean, it's like amazing. <laughs> You're you. having like your 28th anniversary. It's like, really? I remember when 40th. Zako Dance Theater, like, oh, 40. Really? 40. Really? I know. You're old what? enough to have a 40th anniversary, Diana. It's I mean, not Diana. Shocking. Diana. <laughs> Thank you, Wanda. <laughs> yeah, it's so shocking. I, I, I mixed Wanda up your name. Thank you, Wanda, made my day. 
<laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. It's incredible. I know it's really, it's just hard to believe myself. I mean, you know, some a few years ago, I was, um, I was deeply honored by a sustained achievement award uh, from the Izzy's committee. And my husband said, you know what that is, don't you? And I said, no, what? He goes, you're still here, award. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, or the question, you're still here, award? You know. <laughs> well, you so are said, still well, here. I guess I'm still yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, blessed. We're so happy you're here. still here. Mm, and making you. fabulous work. I mean, picture Bayview Hunter's Point, you know, which is um, having its you know, free performance series debut, uh, which has been a culmination of, wow, I mean, how many years um, of work went many. into? Um, yeah, wow. almost 18. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been spotty. I mean, the um, I don't know if you know the whole history, but it started with the commission that I received in New York City around a um, – a community project in Red Hook, Brooklyn, and it was during a period in the in the mid '90s where um, it was before development happened in Red Hook. Now, at that at that time, you know, Red Hook had been cut off from uh, the city and from the kind of more central parts of Brooklyn through a, a highway. It was kind of similar in a lot of those redevelopment projects where the highway gets put up and, you know, communities get cut off and it's usually, you know, um, low income or people of color uh, basically separated from from all of the um, stores and, you know, all the resources that are, are common in a more central urban uh, area. And so... Um, you know, many things have happened in that community that are, you know, struggles and challenges, but, you know, a lot of incredible resilience. And and um, it was also poised for this, a new redevelopment project um, that was being proposed by a few developers. And the, its future was kind of in limbo. Like, what does that actually mean, you know? And as you know, historically, redevelopment in inner city communities usually means displacement. And um, so anyway, I was invited to come in to think about that. And I said, you know, this is so much like the community where I uh, work and, you know, where I spend the majority of my time. The story feels very connected. So um, to make a longer, a very long story short, uh, I decided to kind of do a survey of three communities in in the United States, Red Hook being one, Powderhorn in Minneapolis being the other one, and Bayview, Hunters Point being the other, and trying to find those connections about how um, what happens when when redevelopment comes to communities like ours and um, and also trying to really capture that voice um, you know I think that all of these communities have had representatives come from redevelopment to gather information and so on, but not everybody really gets to um, kind of voice their their concerns and, and really speak to their own vision. And 
um, and even though many of those stories are often collected, they're often disregarded in the end. Um, different priorities come up often, you know, that have to do with with money. And so, um, anyway, uh, I, I've had diff- a lot of different programs that were set up to try to collect information and to um, engage community members, and particularly with children during that time. So I'm still talking about late 90s and early 2000s. And um, this is kind of when the the dawn of the Internet, you know, where we were just kind of learning how to use a computer. <laughs> um, but uh, there was a wonderful professor at, at um, NYU who hooked up the, the three communities um, so the children could actually be in dialogue with each other around their experiences and, and what, their, what their dreams were for the future. So I'm going to fast forward. Um, I you know, realized the two. I, I wanted to realize the one in Bayview, Hunter's Point, last because there was a lot of things that I felt like I needed to learn, and I, and I really wanted the opportunity to do uh, the best version here, um, you know, to be able to, to learn and to bring back what I learned back to my own community to to be able to, um, you know, realize a, a stronger project. Oftentimes what we do is that we work a lot of stuff out at home and then we go out and we tour. So I wanted to kind of reverse that role to honor, um, to honor the community where I had been working for so long. So... Um, Anyway, uh, many things happened. You know, I did the two projects in the early 2000s there, and then 9-11 happened, and, and funding really shifted. And there was a lot of destabilizing you know, or destabilization among arts organizations. We had the dot-com bust where we were all losing our spaces. We were lucky to keep ours. Um, and it just made it impossible to try to pull off a, a performance of this size. So... Um, I did a lot of smaller projects that were under the banner of this one. Um, I did uh, a film with um, with Baycat uh, called Picture Bayview with with about a hundred youth and collaborating with Joe Kreider and Shakiri. Um, we instigated a call in line so people could call in their dreams um, for their future. And uh, we did a number of community photos, often co- collaborating with other agencies like um, Ledge, for instance. We did one in uh, Candlestick Park and, and, you know, just trying to keep the idea la- around. And I'd been interviewing quite a number of, of residents over this period, you know, like Sam Jordan before he passed away and Mrs. Kashmir, um, a really important activism, activist in housing, um, and Wayland Fuller, who ran the uh, pharmacy, you know, just uh, particularly like elders trying to uh, capture their their voices and their dreams, having seen so much of the transition, um, you know, over the years since, you know, in their cases since the 40s and 50s. So um, we were, a few years ago, there was a, Grant that seemed like it was written for this project. It was um, or designed. It was a Rainin Foundation grant that um, supports community arts, and it's a substantial um, gift and with lots of really extraordinary support. And we 
we received that and we were able to actually step inside this process uh, more deeply and to be able to, you know, produce, produce the show. So during these last couple of years, we've been designing um, a series of, of engagement pieces. We're still working with the kids. We've worked again with 100 youth, but again, working with Shakiri and Joe and being able to kind of revive some of these ideas with this new generation. Um, and, uh, and they did a performance. Um, we've, we kind of pushed our, our call in line up again. We created a community council of about 12 people who we met with uh, a number of times to talk about themes and to kind of discuss strategies and, um, you know, target groups that could really speak to some of the kind of the larger questions around redevelopment and, and you know our the future of the of the um, community. We did a story circle um, of about fifty or fifty, a little more than fifty people at um, Old School Cafe, where we had a dinner together and kind of an intergenerational conversation about um, about experience and and. And looking at that through the generations, what has changed, what's the same, what are the values that we continue to to hold, and um, and then we had a prom <laughs> where we had um, a group of people come out and dance together at the opera house, which was really wonderful. Um, Case came and sang, and we had uh, just lots of people out, really decked out and beautiful, just a beautiful event of people being in step and being in rhythm together. And we did another community photo as part of the, um, of the backpack giveaway that's, uh, that's produced by Be Magic every year. So all of this information, besides like going into deep dives with uh, an, uh, quite a few community members now, doing interviews and recording all of those in video and sound and um, and meeting, you know, more and more people who would like to share their story and their experience. And so all of that information over all the years and, of course, this last, you know, a couple of years is being pulled together to create this portrait um, of, of the community. And it ends with people talking about their dreams. So there's lots of of um, really beautiful and poetic visions of of what people uh, uh, dream about for their future. And as you know, like Bayview Hunters Point is like the last black neighborhood in in San Francisco. There's been a very significant out-migration of African Americans since the 1980s, you know, at the peak in like 1970, 75, there were about 96,000 um, African Americans living in San Francisco, and we're down. It's in the last uh, census, which I think was 2010, down to 46,000. We're almost at that 10-year mark, and if the trend is correct, we'll probably move down towards the 36,000 um, African Americans left in the city. And there are a lot of conditions, um, you know, that relate to why this is. Um, the case, but the reality is, is that we're we're losing ground, right? We're losing um, 
are really vital and a community. So part of what what I'm trying to do and we're trying to do, the artists and the, the uh, all the people who are involved in this project is to also try to not just give voice, but to also make a, a community that is relatively invisible to kind of the general population of San Francisco to try to make it visible, to try to um, kind of uh, demystify and also to clear up some misperceptions uh, of what Bayview Hunters Point and who Bayview Hunters Point is. So, um, so you know, that's a, that's a big effort that's going on with lots of really extraordinary community organizations, you know, scattered around the community and and local leadership. Um, but, you know, this is my contribution to a much larger dialogue. That was very long-winded, Rhonda, sorry. <laughs> no, this, thank you so uh, much, because I was looking at pictures and, um, you know, sort of like, you know, the, the big picture that you did, the sort of like those historic pictures where you, you know, you have like, you really don't know everybody unless unless you put it mm-hmm. in an um, application and you can touch on the faces and they, the names pop up. But people who were there know mm-hmm. who they are, which is almost yeah. like the point of it. And, um, yeah, right. and, and you know, and like you mentioned, you know, some people are ancestors now because you've been working on this for a long time. So it's yeah. great, you know, to have these oral histories so that you you don't have to, extrapolate you hear it from the people themselves so that's really wonderful and then having these wonderful mm-hmm. social activities you know like the ball and mm-hmm. and the big mm-hmm. dinner and it just looks so like that's what i'm saying oh man i miss everything yeah. it just looks like so much fun getting all dressed up dancing and yeah, having food really and fun. listening to stories and i love the idea of having um call in line with your dreams like that's mm-hmm. heck of cool yeah, oh, that's really lovely. Um, and people, yeah. if there's anybody still listening, um, you know that there's the call-in line is still active, so you can call in. Can I just give you the number? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The number, the call-in line, it's an odd one. Um, it's six two eight three 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 five zero six three, and you can call in and just you know leave a dream for, for Baby Hunter's Point for its future. How you envision it. Leave a dream. <laughs> Leave a mm-hmm. dream. That is so yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, you mentioned, um, you know, sort of like, um, you know, the uh, the three lead artists. Um, you mentioned them. You can mention them again. Uh, Mary Ellen Strom mm-hmm. and composer Mary Walter. Mary Ellen Strong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also Baycat has played a big part in that they've, um, you know, they've been capturing a lot of the events and, and um, you know, working with me on all of the interviews as well. And I have two uh, extraordinary partners, actually three, but Tyra Fennell, who's been the project manager. Um, she runs Imprint City and has been bringing all these extraordinary cultural events into the Bayview. And also Helena Marshall, who's, um, who's uh, a really um, amazing activist and and educator in our community. We've known each other for quite a long time. Um, She worked at Charles Drew, and she's worked in all the different, um, in our school district, 
working as an education specialist, but she's also a, kind of a, a, a long arm into into the community. So she's been helping us make connections that we may have overlooked. And um, both of these women have been really important on the day-to-day, um, as well as Eric Walner, who's, you know, our executive director, um, you know, holding holding those conversations um, and also m- moving those conversations, resonating them farther out into the community. So that's been great. And we've had a fantastic community council of whom you might know, Ron Saunders, who's a, an artist, and Malik Zanefru, mm-hmm. who you might know. Yeah, he's um, and Jarrell Phillips, who's oh, also Jarell. in the performance. Yeah, Jarrell's also oh. in the in the film. I mean, in the, he's also been filmed, but he's also in the performance. Um, and Joy Jackson Morgan, who's from Third Street. Um, just you know, and certainly List Lynn, who you know has been a great partner, you know, with the community photo as well, among other people too. So it's been really great. And Brittany Doyle from the Senior Center. I mean, so there's been um, just, you know, when you think about this, like I'm making this work is actually, you know, like I'm, I had an idea and so many people came together to, to support the idea and to feed the process and, and shape the work. So it's certainly not like I'm doing it myself. <laughs> it's, it's kind of taken on a life of its own, to tell you the truth. Um, but it's pretty exciting. Um, and we're doing it at the Opera House, which is different than uh, what I had initially um, proposed. You know, it was um, there were three grain elevators in these three cities, and we have one down on Cargo Way. And um, I loved these buildings because they had this really kind of... Uh, this strong metaphor for hope and for um, sustenance and growth and, um, you know, thinking about wheat and the heart and what what food means to us, you know. So I was, in the other pieces, I had connected community with this idea of, of this grain and what grain means on the poetic level. And that was my plan. Well, since all the time had passed, I've the grain elevators in our community had kind of deteriorated and became unsafe for us to use. And so I ended up um, approaching the um, the opera house, which I thought first, oh, it's just, it's not as exciting, you know, those big monoliths, these big buildings, you know, just so exciting to be flying on them. And then as time went on, I mean, in a very short amount of time, I realized what? It should have always been at the Bayview Opera House. I mean, it is the center. It's, you know, it's got, there's so much history there that is so important, and particularly, you know, the histories of um, Ruth Williams, you know, and even the uprising of 1966 and um, being in the center of that whole um, tragedy. Um, and... And, you know, many things have happened. Mary Booker, you know, who I was um, honored to have done one collaboration with, had laid down, you know, some fantastic energy and and extraordinary work with um, 
her plays and her reflections on on this community. So it it has um, kind of a richness that's been you know implanted or imbued in those walls. It it has big stories. So um, I'm really pleased that um, that it, it made this turn to to be there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so wonderful. Yeah, I wanted to um wanted you to talk about sort of like what it's going to look like. Um the performances are free and they're from Thursday mm-hmm. to Sunday, October 11th through 14th and October 18th through mm-hmm. 21st um at 8 p.m. and uh, and then mm-hmm. there are going to be um uh, post-show discussions um on Saturday, mm-hmm. October 13th and Friday, October 19th with lifelong community uh, residents, uh, Memlick Walker and Tony Carpenter, and moderated by mm-hmm. uh, by uh, the San Francisco City College African American okay. Studies Chair, um, Aliyah Dunn Salahuddin. And so that yeah. should be pretty awesome. But then you have like this original music, and you've got these mm-hmm. different scenes, and they're mo- they you move around. Um, you know, for mm-hmm. the different scenes, which is kind of cool as an audience. You've got a brilliant yeah. win, what we carry with mm-hmm. us, our struggle, our labor, mm-hmm. the 360 bridge or 360 bridge, mm-hmm. the fire next time too, you know, which brings, you know, that mm-hmm. that really pivotal moment in Bayview history when mm-hmm. James Baldwin comes through and talks to the youth and, and, and they have that mm-hmm. film that's, um, mm-hmm. that's had a different iterations, um, the original, and then I don't know how many years later it was the you know people who were in it were interviewed again as elders, and then the sixth mm-hmm. uh, one is dreams. So as long as you could talk about sort of how it looks and who the dancers are, mm-hmm. and you know just yeah, mm-hmm. just a little flavor there. Yeah, well, um, as you said, the piece moves from one to in outside, inside, and then outside and around the back again. It's it's it's. Um, I try to make the work really dimensional, not just in the character of the performance itself, but how we also experience the architecture and the place um, being the Bayview Opera House. So it starts out on 3rd Street, and there um, there's a porch there that you might remember, but there's a video screen that runs across the porch, and there are dancers who are on the parapet above that on the roof, and there's dancers that arrive and um and they're stationed on these these boxes that elevate them above the audience and then they walk onto planks and they interact with video projection and that's that's that first section of kind of the prelude which looks at kind of the a fast moving history from the Na to the Ohlone to the arrival of African Americans during World War Two. You know, a lot of this um community in Bayview, Hunters Point, you know, the 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 first families there were um involved with the uh Navy shipyard in Hunters Point. And then, you know, people started coming to work in service, et cetera, et cetera, and then generations, you know, after that uh, stayed. And then we enter into um the center hall and there's videos projection in the area where is normally the proscenium stage and along the balconies there are screens and there we see community members come forward and everything is you know mapped onto these these 
um, in the building. And they speak about their experiences, what their migration stories are, what their family stories are, how, what they what they carried with them, you know, what their cultures were, what they held on to, and what got, um, you know, transformed and uh, and shared, um, you know, after the arrival. And um, and some people talk about, you know, a lot about family life and. Um, there's one fabulous story that Carol Tatum mentions about um, playing up on this hill, which um, is now a big subdivision, but that there was an orphanage there um, where there were horses and fruit trees and um, and that they spent hours, you know, up there playing and looking at the incredible views and you know some some of the things that have been lost that are very precious um and then on the exterior we move out into the parking lot and there's this there's um a piece called our struggle our labor and that really focuses it's kind of anchored in the story of Matthew Peanut Johnson who was shot by a police officer um and what in it, uh what uh instigated the uprising in 1966 and um, from there, we we look at like what what the challenges have been. You know, there's the crack epidemic, and there's um, gang gang violence, and there's was you know housing, uh, dilapidated housing, and you know a lot of things that people really struggled with, and in some you know in some ways are still struggling with. And some of these things have not really uh, gone away. And yet there is this resilience. There are these people and these organizations, this kind of movement that actually holds the community together and and creates this extraordinary uplift. And, um, you know, when you talk to people, particularly people who've been there for a long time, like they, they talk about how, like, they don't want to leave, right? The, the, the connection to community is very, very tight. And some of that, of course, has to do with, um, you know that that need to bind together in order to uplift um, uh, yourself and the community. So, so we look at like you know what those movements are, like the Big Five. You know these women that went to Washington to to lobby for money to to create new housing and were successful. You know, and we look at some of the organizations for, that young people um, started to you know. Um, support young men uh, to you know to stay to stay righteous to stay positive to move in the right direction and you know and things that are happening today there are many organizations that um really are strong anchors in the community to um you know like young community developers or Hunters Point family so so we look at that that kind of you know what what we have what what has to be dealt with and then and the strength of of community members um and then the fire next time is really about the legacy that we leave our children you know similar to what James Baldwin's you know survey is about you know has conversations you know it's like what does it mean you know and and what are our tools and what are those legacies and what are those what are those tools that we leave for our children and the last section 
Um, and that uh, just to say that that happens against the um, Dewey Crumpler's uh, mural called The Fire Next Time, which, you know, shows the elders, you know, the African elders sitting with fertility dolls, and out of them come this big fire that where the next generation reaches up and they're holding the next generation after them. So, um so that happens there. It's just a beautiful moment, and um, there's a young dancer there. Anyway, and then moving to the end, which is um, all of the, um, the to that footage from the dancing and the community photo and people speaking about their dreams, faces of community members, um, young people, um, kind of feeling their joy and their hope, you know, for what happens next. And um, one thing also going, thinking back in Carol's interview, because I've been watching that um, right now, I'm in the middle of doing, finishing all the logging and placement, but, you know, she, she talks about this misconception that she would like to clear up, you know, that we're different. You know, she says that we, I want people to know that we're not different. You know, we bleed, you know, we laugh, we, we have families, um, we have joys, we have struggles. You know, some of our struggles may be deeper, but our joys makes our joys even that much greater, you know. And, um, you know, that we want very much the same things, which is something even with, like, going back to this larger, you know, three-city project, you know, interviewing people. It's, it's remarkable how universal these dreams are in some ways, you know. People want a peaceful place to live. They want their kids to be well educated and to be cared for. They want their spirits to be nurtured. Um, They want clean water. They want access to food. Um, You know, and they want to live in a place that reflects their, their dignity. And so, um, you know, sometimes there's been, and many times, I'll just say, there have been really negative portrayals of of the community through media, and it's you have to dig down, you know, to find those great stories of of you know what many people believe is really is the real soul of Bayview Hunters Point. So, so we 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 try to um, reflect that in that last section, particularly throughout the whole show, but. Um, that's kind of the focus of that last section. Right. Yeah. Wow. So to have such a a large, large work, you know, and and you know, we we could certainly say epic. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say and this scope. is an epic, and you know, I hope I, you know, I. It, the thing is, is that it sounds really great, and then you have to like realize, you know, like. Okay, where what goes where in order to say that, you know, you know how what, what is that actual dance and how many minutes is it and how do I move this person from A to B and you know and how do I deal with all of the extraneous stuff with oh my god the you know the speaker's not working you know I mean you know, there's, there's all that other stuff that is also equally as epic, um, but certainly that is the you know. That's the thing that we're excited about, right? It's just like, wow, let's, how do we put it together? 
um, but it is pretty ambitious. But really, one thing that's also really great, there, there are a number of people who are from the community who are in the shows. Um, you know, Aaliyah, who, um, you know, is from Bayview and from the Hill, from the projects or from, you know, public housing. Um, and she is, she has been an incredible resource in terms of, of her role as historian and, and, um, you know, supporting this process of, you know, creating, helping us just hold the context, um, in you know in in a in a way where it it's it is aligned with his historical events um but she's also a dunham dancer so um so she also appears she appears in film and she appears live and then we hear her of course with our panel um i think i mentioned that Jarrell phillips who is this incredible capoeira dancer and educator um works with youth in the community, uh, he lives there now. But he's he he grew up in the Fillmore. But his grandmother and his father lived in in the Bayview, so he was always here. He went to 100% Club, um, you know, the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, he's really deeply um, kind of in uh, the community culture and um, and support resources. And uh, Martin Luther McCoy, who's just an outstanding singer. Um, he has had a fantastic career of of um, of recording and touring and singing his you know covers, but also original compositions. He's in the show. Um, you mean like Muhammad, the famous Martin Luther? The famous yes, Martin Luther. the famous Martin. The famous Martin Luther he, is in the show. I didn't know he had Bayview roots. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's from the Bayview. Yeah, I saw him at ACT, and um, he was he was in Suzanne Laurie um, Parks' play, uh, Fathers Come Home from the War, and uh-huh. he was kind of the thread, and I and he was so incredible. I I, I went with um, Marcus Shelby, and he said, "Do you know Martin Luther?" And I said, "No." He goes, "You know, he's from the Bayview," and I went, "Bah!" What? <laughs> He's from the Bayview. That's really great. So we hooked up, and um, and he's he's now a part of the of the piece. So that's really really exciting. And also, um, uh, Azra Muhammad, who is um, you know, she's been studying at Saco since she was six years old. She's now almost twenty two. Um, really? She's moved on to become a dancer. Yep, and she's teaching at Saco. Um, she's been, you know, um, part of Muhammad University, um, and so she tells her perspective from, you know, her her story from that perspective. And um, yeah, it's 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 really great um, to have their presence um, and to have their stories as part of you know, of the show as well. So, yeah, it's an extravaganza. (laughs) Certainly, certainly. And so how do people have to RSVP? Do they just show up? What's the the Mm -hmm. physical address of the uh, Bayview Opera House? Um, Yeah, what are the details? (laughs) Okay, the Bayview, okay. Um, That's a... 
That's a really good question. I mean, you can go to zaco.org to get tickets. Um, you can also go to the Bayview Opera House, um, which is bvhp.org. There are links to an Ebrite. We have um, uh, about 150 spots per show. Um, some days I think will be okay. We have eight performances, so we're hoping to fill all of them, of course, but I know that there are some days that will be definitely more full and harder to get into than others. So I would highly recommend that people um, that people come to make a reservation. Um, I can tell you, let me just hold on and get to the address of the opera house. And so for people who um, might not be able to have mobility issues, will they be able to get to all of the different parts, yes. uh, performance yes. spaces? Okay. Super. Yes, and there'll and there'll be there'll also be you know chairs uh, in different lo- in the different locations for people to be able to sit. So the the address of the opera house is four seven zero five Third Street in San Francisco. And their what's website. That, what's that is, cross street there? Um, I think it's Newcomb and no, Oakdale. Oakdale and Newcomb. Okay. And um, again, the um, website is bvoh.org, and ours is zacch.org. going to be really, really awesome. And you have a lot of performances, yeah. so maybe people yeah. might need to go back, which would be kind of cool. Yes, I, I hope all so. The I, think I think it's going to be, um, because, you know, there's all this projection mapping, It's um, it, it will be very dense. It's not, um, it's, I mean, I just like, from what I notice in this creation process, it's a lot of information. Um, it's very stimulating visually. Um, and so I feel like, um, and certainly, you know, also with the sound, it's it's very, I think it will feel like very immersive and very intense. You know, the dancers are often high off the ground. Um, there's just There's just a lot going on. So I think that going more than once, uh, would be really um, would be really great. I mean, to, in order to really kind of take advantage of focusing, you know, focusing on different parts of different times. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm already overwhelmed. <laughs> I know I'm overwhelmed, but probably for different reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're like right there, you know, getting ready to give birth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much feels like it. And and also just like you know, it's you know, it won't be perfect, I'll just say. You know, it won't be perfect for everybody, but it will be as earnest as it possibly could be. You know, it's it's very difficult to make a piece about a community. I mean, it's very difficult to make anything historical because, you know, you, you know, you're it is is it it is as good as the information that you receive and you know you know as a researcher 
you know, information arise at different times. And sometimes, you know, you you make a decision on one piece um, not knowing the information of a piece that comes much later that completely changes the whole situation, right? Um, in this case, obviously, I've had a lot of time to pull stuff together. But, you know, there will be some holes. You know, not everything, not every story is actually told. Um, and, you know, and this is, as I say, it's a part of a larger dialogue, you know. But I, I have to say, from all the people who have been involved, there's a, there is a um, commitment to authenticity and integrity that is really, really strong. So in that way, some things may be missing, but as I say, it is, it is um, a, a, a piece and a reflection that is done earnestly and with um, great humility um, and deference to, to the people in Bayview Hunters Point. You know, I didn't grow up in Bayview, but I've been there for 30 years, you know, and I, I've been kind of like an outlier on some levels in my little studio up above, but I've had lots of engagement with young people and other organizations, youth organizations and otherwise, well, you know, over those years. And I've had, you know, some pretty deep conversations and, and um, deep connections with with the community. So, um, but, you know, the reliance, giving, having the community members tell their own stories felt really important. So, so that's what we're doing, and and I hope people come and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to tell you congratulations on, I mean, this might be your opus, huh? And so it's like, okay, what do you do after this? <laughs> I'm like, Take wow. a break? That's what I'm going Can oh. I take a break now? <gasps> Uh, well, well, after yeah. this, there's lots of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are a lot of things kind of in the works right now, and it's kind of, you know, like these last couple of weeks, I'm not going to be thinking about them, but I have been working towards things um, in for 2019 and 20 already. So, um, okay. yeah, so we'll see, but. <laughs> Um, I am I'm, I am hoping for those few breaths in November uh, before I get back on the you know back on the horse there on in December. So yeah, a lot of moving parts. Awesome. I know. Maybe I yeah, should do a piece yeah. demystifying what it means to be an artist. <laughs> Some people think mm-hmm. it's, like, it's oh it's so luxurious. You wake up when you want to. You do what you want. It's like <laughs> well actually it is really That's hard fun. work. Really oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We look but at we when it, it looks easy. We know a lot of work went into it. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I um I was able to actually um uh uh shorten a brisk win. Um, I I got mm-hmm. four minutes of the whole thing in the part where oh great um, we have great. the vocals, so I, I can play it. <laughs> Okay, and great. so I, I, yeah. So you want to tell us a little bit about um, this this scene one of Risk Win? <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah. The, so that one the, is the um, cut that, that I'm going to be playing does, from it. Yeah, this one kind of makes it does it like this swift overview of like um, you know the different migrations 
over time. And we start with, um, you know, this was a lonely land, of course, and, you know, moves into, you know, first white settlers and, you know, the Italians and the Maltese. And we start seeing the development of industrialization and, um, you know, moving slaughterhouses, for instance, down in the late, you know, um, 19th century, early 20th century. And then um, we see that wave of um, the the shipyard coming, and that is the that's the point where the African community, you know, starts arriving in that area. I mean, you remember probably from sailing away that there, you know, there have been African Americans in San Francisco since you know the mid 1800s, probably even slightly before that. And, but you know, this community was really built on on the energy um, and the 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 industrialization through the shipyard and that as you know typical for the great migration in general those bigger waves come through that those those moments of industrialization so we see that and um and we kind of land there um at that point where that those 40s and 50s um the neighborhood starts to uh reflect this this first these first families mm-hmm. so that's that's what that section is okay, cool. well I'm gonna play it and uh, yeah. next guest and thank you thank you for spending so much time with us to thank you know, share you, with Wanda. us this, the process and the history and and all these great folks, you know, the dancers, the yeah. the composers, you know, the different um, yeah. you know, community, uh, I guess, um, collaborators, and uh, the ones that go yeah. back, you know, to the beginning when it was an mm-hmm. idea. And and I really like, yeah. you know, you're sharing how you wanted to like really hone the the craft and and the process before you came home, as opposed to the mm-hmm. opposite. You know, yeah. yeah. Yes, this is going to be. This is so exciting. I'm so. Ex- I'm really <laughs> looking forward to October 11th through 14th yes. and October 18th through 21st. And I definitely want to catch, you know, one of those um, conversations afterwards with. Um, yeah. With uh, you know uh, Professor uh, yeah, Leah Salahuddin with the community partners. Yeah, they're really amazing people and really articulate and really dynamic and just mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And, and the films that you mentioned, are they uh, on your website? Will they be um, sort of in yeah, probably, part of yeah, the performance? Archived. Yeah, so we're probably going to archive some of them. We're trying to figure out how to make them public. We're obviously giving them to some, you know, the community members who have um, done these interviews. You know, many of them want them for their children and grandchildren, which is really great. Um, so we're we're doing that, and um, so we're we're that that's probably going to happen. You know, after you know post show, but um, yeah, I wanted to just shout out that you know Mary Ellen has been done all three of these projects so it's great and also Jack and Wayne there have been a you know, few people who have done um, all three of these projects so it's so great to finally kind of come together 
in that way, you know, um, and also everybody's skills, you know, have really advanced and, and insights and um, their artistry has really, um, really bloomed over these last 18 or so years, along with Walter, <laughs> who we worked with. And he was the first one who took me out in Minneapolis. Um, and, you know, he has since, he was a young, young budding artist who has since that time become a MacArthur genius. You know, he's, just, oh, you know, whoa. he's won this big award and, and, and has accomplished so much um, and has, you know, he's just an outstanding talent. So I feel like um, that's also part of the blessing, you know, to, to be able to work with a group of artists who have, um, who have really come very, very far in their work and, and have the skills to be able to create something profoundly beautiful. So um, so that's maybe where I can end. Um, yeah, very excited, Wanda. Really glad that you can come. Oh, and thanks yes, so much for having me. And thanks so oh, much for supporting welcome. me all these years. Because, you know, because we've known each other a really long time. I just want to say thank you for always being there to support what I'm trying oh, to do. Really appreciate it oh. so much. Oh, you're you're quite welcome. Um, you your vision is one that I wholeheartedly agree with. You know, and and your well, I feel exactly the same way about you. <laughs> I really love <laughs> what you're doing, and and um, you know, helping keeping us on a map. You know, so and everything that you do. So thank you so much. Oh well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Take mm-hmm. it here, and I'm gonna play. Um, you too. I'll a see you soon. Bit of a brisk okay. wind, right? <laughs> Thank you. Blessing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm 